Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. When we truly bring Jesus into our lives, the world will see his light in us. In this episode, Pastor Andrew shows us how to shine for Jesus. I want to pick up part of the gospel that we are all so much aware of because we've heard it time and time again and that is that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know how you have taken this passage over the years and the sermons that I obviously from time to time have preached about it. And how do we quantify what Jesus is getting at? What is he really trying to say? Or how do we really try to do it? If I was to say to you that today we're surrounded by absolute darkness, you would look at me funny saying, well, it's awfully light in here. And that is because the darkness we're talking about is not visible. But if we take the teaching of Jesus and the teaching of Paul and the other New Testament writers, it is extremely real. So real that Jesus makes his ministry the business of overcoming darkness, of bringing the light of God into that darkness. So for us to be lights in the world begins with something to do with Jesus himself and us. It is becoming his vessel becoming his person, allowing his light to shine in us so that then the world can see. We don't have to put on airs for the world. We don't have to try and look nice or look good to the world. The world sees through that. How often have you heard outsiders say Christians are just hypocrites? You ever heard that? Well, maybe there are a few around. Maybe there's more than a few. But why? Well, a lot would say that their good works just don't show it. Their bad works are more evident than their good works. I remember when we were in a parish in Melbourne, one of the men who had been converted and seriously converted from a very aggressive lifestyle and was proclaiming time and time again how God had forgiven him, Jesus forgiving him that. But the comments in the background were, well, he didn't ask our forgiveness for what he had done. He hadn't made amends to the people that he had abused. And one of the failures of evangelism 
is not bringing the converted person to a place where they deal, one, with getting it right with God, confessing your sins to God, making it right with God through Jesus, but then the extra step of making it right with others. Wiki Prattney tells the story of a young woman who had been converted and met Jesus in a spectacular way. She had been the leader of a gang of shoplifters. And she had ripped off some of the major stores in the city in which she lived. And it came upon her in the process of conversion and instruction that she not only get it right with God, but she needs to make restitution to those whom she had robbed. So she made a list. And store after store, she met with the manager, told him what she had done, and asked his forgiveness. don't know whether she paid the money back. She might not have had the money to pay back. But she certainly sought to make amends. And she was with one manager of a huge store. And as she was telling him what she'd done in his store, he said, do you know, I can throw you in prison. I can have you arrested. And she'd go, yeah, I know this. And he said, why on earth are you telling me this? And she says, well, I found Jesus. And I got my life right with God. And I need to get my life right with you. And he said, if this is what Jesus did for you, I need to know this Jesus. Becoming his vessel means that we do it his way, see it his way. And if we wrong people and knowingly wrong them, we need to make restitution. I remember getting converted and I used to play poker with my mates before I got converted. And I used to deal off the bottom of the pack. So I effectively robbed them of about $20. So I, I knocked on the door of my mate's flat and opens the door and says, what do you want? He says, well, I just need to know, you know, when we used to play poker, I used to deal off the bottom of the pack. He says, we all did. Go away. <laughs> there are other times that are more serious than that the people we have wounded. And we need to make it right, if we can. There are some events that we can't restore. We need to make that effort. Because we don't shine if we aren't a vessel of Jesus. Now, there are a number of things that revolve around this thought of what is Jesus getting at in what sense are we lights? And what sense is he talking about lights? So there are four things related to this. Our encounter with darkness, the existence of darkness, darkness in us, and light in us. So as I was thinking about how do we deal with the darkness that surrounds us? And often that darkness will come from others. Paul tells us this very sobering thing, and it's something that we should read again. Because I don't know if you've been 
frustrated or angry or upset with organisations or people. But Paul reminds us of something that is very fundamental about how do we deal with the darkness that confronts us and comes at us in various ways. So in Ephesians 6, and this is familiar to us, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now when Paul talks about authorities or powers, or he calls them in other translations, the principalities and powers, and he mentions this group a number of times, Firstly, in Romans 8, they can't separate us from the love of Christ. No matter what they throw at us, no matter what they do to us, they can't separate us from Jesus. In Ephesians 3, Paul says it is God's purpose, his wisdom, to reveal to the principalities and powers his plan to convert the Gentiles. Here in Ephesians 6, he talks about fighting against them. They are in Colossians created beings. God made them. He didn't make them the way they are, but he certainly started their existence and then they did their own thing in a very dramatic and evil way. And the most powerful statement is there in the cross in Colossians 2. There on the cross, Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers. In fact, the word disarm means to humiliate them, to so rob their power that they are now powerless. doesn't mean that they're not active, but through the cross of Christ, their power, their influence, their darkness can be overwhelmed and brought down. When it comes to the thought of darkness... In Matthew 4, Matthew talks about in the land of Zeppelin and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The coming of the Son of God in the babe born in a manger in Bethlehem was the light of God coming into the world. And in his 30s, Jesus begins a ministry of travelling through Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And in the midst of that, he is the light of God coming into intense darkness. When Jesus is arrested in the garden, he challenges those who arrested him. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. So Jesus here, in a sense, quantifies that this darkness is a real force. It's not just something bad things people do. It's not just 
bad humans, this power, this darkness, doesn't have human origins. doesn't mean it can't come through human beings. It doesn't have human origins. In John 1, John writes this about Jesus. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it or overcome it. Now, recent translations note that the darkness could not comprehend it. Now, I always like the translation that says the darkness could not overcome the light. There are three different meanings of the Greek word, akatalemben, that's used here. One is that the darkness attains the light. In other words, the darkness takes the light for itself. And you know there have been so many good people who inadvertently, maybe mistakenly, get caught in darkness. And it ruins their lives. But I don't think that's what John's saying here. The other is the word comprehend or understand or to be enlightened. And there's an argument in these 18 verses of John that what he's really talking about is us being enlightened by the light of Christ. And there are those who don't receive the light, who don't understand, who don't comprehend And the darkness can't comprehend it. But to me, it might make some sense in the context. It doesn't make sense in the verses that it occurs. And I've always felt that what the darkness couldn't do was overcome the light. It couldn't overtake, overwhelm, wipe out, or hide the light in any form whatsoever. And so, yes, Jesus' light might enlighten us, but Jesus is a light beyond our mental ability. His light's not dependent on us understanding him. Now, Paul notes that the devil has clouded the minds of unbelievers and hidden Christ from them. But it's not the human making that mistake. It is the devil compounding their inability to make sense of God, to make sense of Jesus. So whatever the darkness is, and I think it's demonic and satanic and evil, it cannot overcome Jesus in our life. The darkness in no way can overwhelm or overcome the light that comes in Jesus Christ. In Acts 26, Paul is telling a king his call to ministry and what God called him to do. And he says this, I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. 
We have an enemy that brings darkness into our life. In Colossians 1, Paul says, God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So God literally takes us out of the dominion, out of the kingdom of darkness and lifts us and physically, mentally and spiritually transfers us to the kingdom of his son. So there's a darkness that is real and a darkness that is a power that's external to us. We can't often see it. We may sense it. One of the old hippie terms was vibes. You get vibes about things. Have you ever walked into a place and felt creepy or uncertain or just funny? You just picked up the vibes. Have you ever had the hair in the back of your head go up? I always believe that we can pick up and sense evil in our midst. We can pick it up in people, but we can even pick it up when there are no people. Which gives us an understanding that darkness is real, even though we cannot see it. Even though visually... We're in light. Spiritually, we're in darkness. Peter tells us that God has called you and I out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So one of the essential issues for us, if we're going to be those lights that are not going to hide under a bowl or a bushel, and we've got to understand that God, in the process of fronting us, of saving us, of redeeming us, of bringing us into his family, is calling us to come out of the darkness into his light. And it is something that we do when we decide to become God's vessels. When we decide to follow Jesus Christ in our life. That when we make that decision, and it can be in our early life or in our later life, we become his vessels and his light drives the darkness that is in us out. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. So firstly, the light is external to us and in the person of Jesus Christ. And as God declares that light to us, reveals that light to us, reveals Jesus to us, the light comes into us and drives out the darkness, releases us from darkness. He follows by saying, we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear 
that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So we need to note that. When Jesus calls us to shine as lights, it is not in our strength, it's not in our power, it's not in any essential ingredient that we have, but it is in the power of God. The power of God that is coming to us as a light to shine in the world. Now, we've talked about darkness being an external thing. But you know, both Jesus and Paul say it's internal as well. Jesus says this in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Then we've now moved to Luke. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. If there is no darkness in you, no little corners of darkness, you get that bit? No little bits of darkness there, or a little bit of darkness over there, or a little bit, oh, well, God's not going to mind that issue in our life. And you know there are things we struggle with, attitudes we struggle with, thoughts that we struggle with, and you need to struggle with them. You need to win the battle of them. And over the years, I've looked at different issues. And I've struggled time and time again over something. And I never seemed to win the thing. But I struggled. And you know, there came a point in time when the thing disappeared altogether. It was no longer there. But somehow rather in the struggle in the constant wanting to be clean, the constant wanting to shine, the constant wanting to have life in our soul, the issue finally resolved itself and light shone where there had been this little bit of darkness. And Jesus says, if you're filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. You don't have to try and switch the light on. Jesus said, let your light shine. How do I do that? If light is in you and there are no dark corners, then the light is so radiant, you can't help but shine. So the only issue is if you're radiant and you're hiding your light, is are you ashamed of Jesus? Well, maybe that's a bit harsh. Maybe you're just afraid of people, and people can be scary. Or maybe you're not sure what you should be doing. And Jesus just makes it really clear. Let your light shine. Just let it out. Don't hide it. 
don't be ashamed of Jesus. Paul in Romans 1, 16 and 7, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of my Lord. The early martyrs of the church suffered atrociously at the hands of the Romans. But they would not deny him. As one elderly saint said, why would I deny him? Why would I deny Jesus? So let the light shine. And then Paul gets going. In Romans, he says, don't participate in darkness. In Ephesians 4, he says, talking about the Gentiles, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. In Ephesians 5, But once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. The words in our initial reading for this morning was to let your good works be seen out there. And that's a really complicated thought because on the one hand, Paul tells us you cannot be saved by good works. We are saved by faith. And I think that's really true. And then he goes to say, and God has saved you for good works. So what does he mean if we can't get saved by good works, but by faith, and then when we're saved by faith, God has some good works for us to do. What's the difference? The difference is between our good works and God's good works. It's between doing it in our strength or doing it in God's strength. It's between whether we get the credit or God gets the credit. Let's just have another look at that first receipt. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Who gets the credit? God gets the credit. When it's our works, we get the credit. We get the glory. And you know, that's the problem right from the beginning. Us wanting the glory without God. That was the failure in the garden. To want to have it without God. To walk without God. To have the glory without God. And what Jesus Christ has done has come in as a light into the world and the light into our hearts has shifted the glory from us to God. There's this sort of weird statement throughout the scriptures that we're to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and he in due time will exalt us. Now hold on. Humility is about not exalting yourself. That's true. But when you're humble, God exalts you. A different thing altogether. He takes a hold of you. He lifts you up. He proclaims you. He honours you. Because in the good works that you've done in the world through him, and not your own strength, through his word, 
through his Son, through his Holy Spirit, gives glory to God. And the world knows it. The world, because we're radiant, will see in the good works that we do, Father God, and give him the glory and give him the thanks. Let us pray. Father, we try so hard to be lights, to get it right. Often evil overwhelms us in certain parts of our life. We ask, Lord, that you would deliver us, that you would drive out any elements of darkness residing in our soul, that we can be radiant. Help our eyes to focus on the things that belong to you and not the things that belong to this world. And help us produce good works and do good works in the midst of this world that gives glory to you and not to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages from Pastor Andrew, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.